Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. Well, there's still pressure washing the complex I'm in here in Puerto Rico, so uh, forgive any chaos you might hear in the background. I use noise filters and things like that to help reduce it. But uh, tomorrow, I finally begin my arduous journey back to the States. And uh, I say arduous because I am bringing a lot of equipment with me, a lot of bags, a lot of sensitive stuff that needs to be cared for. And I'm not just rushing back all at once. It's a, a gradual trip. So we'll start by crossing the island of Puerto Rico and going to uh, the biggest airport on the island. And then we make our way back to the States and then gradually up through the States until I get to North Carolina. This is a process that will take several days. And then I get to North Carolina and then I'll be there for a little while until I head to Las Vegas in order to get set up for my big event there, which is going to be, of course, May 16th, 17th, and 18th of 2018. So, what that means is, over the past two months, when I've been pretty much here in one spot in Puerto Rico, you may have gotten spoiled a little bit by the content and quality of this podcast. Because once I'm back into travel mode, and I'm rushing around from A to B every day, then you'll probably hear more of these podcasts being done on my cell phone, which of course changes the quality. But also, instead of me being able to spend 30 minutes digging into some topic, you might get some more mundane glimpses in my life. I might say, hey, Joshua P. Warren, I just ate a taco and I shit my pants. Hey, thanks for listening. Stay curious. And that has happened before, by the way. It's not an everyday occurrence. But uh, I was at a cursed location. That's what some say. Uh, Judicolor Rock. Way out in a remote area of western North Carolina. Out in the mountains. And uh, on the way there... I'd stopped and had some Hardee's. And obviously it wasn't wasn't settling too well with me. By the time I got to Judicola Rock, I realized, you know, here I am without any facilities. And I think something bad is about to happen. So I figured I would uh, take care of this as quickly as possible. I made my way over to a, uh, a steep embankment. And I figured that I would... Uh, help fertilize the growth there. The problem is the steep embankment, which was right there on a creek, or as the locals would call it, a crick, suddenly collapsed beneath my feet. And so I achieved my intended goal about 30 seconds too early. The next thing I knew, I'm uh, wallowing at the edge of the creek in mud, at least I think it was mud, and I realized immediately, this place is cursed. I think I'm going to call it a day. And uh, we, we left that day. But hey, could have happened to anybody, right? 
You just never know. See, this is, this is what they don't put on the travel channel. This is the stuff that doesn't end up making the cut. It's on the cutty room floor. This is the, the reality, the rough edges of being a researcher, an investigator of the paranormal, the forbidden. But anyway, I'll do my best to uh, keep you updated on a daily basis about where I am and what I'm up to. But uh, times when I can't do it, you understand. And then, as I mentioned, I also have some prearranged bonus material that I think you may enjoy as well. Um, so, here's what I want to talk about today. I, I received a message yesterday from a woman who said, you know, in Asheville, you have all these haunted places like Helen's Bridge or the Pink Lady. And she goes, I feel so sorry for these ghosts. Why doesn't somebody just go and clear them and help them move on into the light, you know? And I told her, I said, well, look, there are a number of things to, to consider. For one thing, uh, as all of you, my dear listeners, I'm sure realize, I have a bit of a, bit of a vested interest in keeping the ghosts around because I do operate the Haunted Asheville Ghost Tours, which are extremely pop- popular, and people come from all over the world who want to see and experience something of a paranormal nature. But beyond that, I told her that I really just believe that some activity cannot be cleared. You know, this is this is a, a fallacy. This is a falsehood that exists from people watching movies and TV shows where there is some type of a problem in the form of some, you know, terrifying entity and you have to resolve that problem, right? And so it makes it look like, oh, what do you do when you have one of these things? You go in you bring in the priest, you bring in whoever, and you get rid of it. And you clear it, and you send it on, and happy ending to the story. But that's just for the sake of fiction. In most cases, I don't think that we can impact this stuff. Now, if you take my online paranormal investigator course, I dig into clearings, and I do say that sometimes there are things that do work. I mean, the simplest thing to do if you have some kind of ghost bothering you is just to say, Leave. You're not welcome here. Get out of here. But if you bring in a, a, you know, a, a psychic who specializes in this, then usually that psychic will talk about using visualization techniques, you know, seeing some type of a protective shield or a protective light around. And, um, and then, of course, I've, I've done other podcasts before about some things you can change in the physical environment that might alter the activity, rearranging electronics and appliances and running humidifiers. And these are all things you can find me talking about, again, in previous recordings. But honestly, I've come to the conclusion that most of the time, this activity is something that is so ingrained in the environment, in the setting, that it's almost like a piece of history that cannot be erased that will always be stored there in some fashion. But as opposed to the idea of clearing a location, I really think that it's more accurate to think of this in terms of clearing the person 
who is experiencing the activity. Now, what I mean by that is if we have an individual who is experiencing some unwanted ghostly phenomena, you might be able to clear that person's perception of what's happening, and then they, to them, oh, the, the activity is over. They leave, everything's hunky-dory. But another person could walk in, and here's the ghost again, and the ghost exists for that person. Now, that may sound very bizarre, so let me try to explain more about how I think this may happen. In my book, Use the Force, A Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction, I have a chapter about what I call the mirror effect. The idea being that what you perceive is not necessarily what's out there as much as it is what's in here. So here are a couple of examples. Let's say a teacher is in a classroom full of kids and the teacher has a slide projector. Yeah, we're getting old school here, okay? Teacher has a slide projector. Teacher puts a slide in. There's a screen at the front of the class and the teacher projects a picture of a man on the screen. So at some point, the teacher turns her back. And while her, her back is turned, a kid, a mischievous kid, runs up to the screen with a magic marker and draws a mustache on the man and sits down. And all the kids giggle. And the teacher turns around and sees, uh, the guy has a mustache. Now, if the teacher wants to remove that mustache, what does she do? Does she pull the slide out of the slide projector and wipe the mustache off the slide? Well, of course not, because the slide is unaffected. That's where the real existence is seated. No, you have to go up to the screen and you wipe the mustache off the screen. But this whole process, again, is not affecting the slide. So the slide is like the reality that's happening inside your brain. That's the important part. And what's out there is just a projection. Another example that's given by one of my favorite um, self-transformation authors, Joe Vitale, is let's say you want to put makeup on yourself and you look in the mirror... What happens if you see your reflection in the mirror and you put the makeup on the mirror? And then you turn around and walk out the door. Is that going to do you any good? No. Because the makeup is being put on an external reflection. You have to readdress the subject, which is yourself. And so the point of this is, that sometimes, instead of viewing everything as something out there that you're just perceiving, it's the opposite. You need to address what's in your head because that's going to determine, to a certain extent, what you're projecting out for yourself to experience. Now, I know this is a very odd concept, but I'll give you another example of, of this sort of thing at work. Um, 
Joe Vitale teamed up years ago with a criminal psychiatrist, I guess you'd call him, named Dr. Hu Lin. And they wrote a book about a Hawaiian technique known as Hoponopono. And this is something that the native Hawaiians have practiced for generations. But here's the gist of it. So Dr. Hu Lin, he... Uh, he got a job working at a, a prison, basically, for the criminally insane, the worst of the worst in Hawaii. These were people who, you know, they tried everything they could to try to adjust the behavior of these inmates, and they never had any success. They were violent. Even the staff would get attacked all the time. You know, the staff would walk down the hallway with their backs to the hall, to the, to the wall of the hall, because they were so afraid of what some of these these people were capable of. And these were people that were kind of just written off by the system. So they brought him in to be the staff uh, criminal psychiatrist and said, you know, yeah, it was, it was, everybody considered this like the worst job that you could get. So he goes into this position, and then something almost magical happens. The behavior of all of these people starts to change. And at first it's gradual, and then it becomes very dramatic. In fact, it becomes so dramatic that these people seem to be completely rehabilitated. And they they start to even release them, one by one. And this goes on for a few years until finally every single person was released and they shut the facility down and nobody could believe it and these news stories came out like what's what what happened here because these people now go out into society and they seem to be normal and they're living productive lives and so they ask what was going on what did this psychologist do the psychiatrist Dr. Hu Lin and they were even more shocked when they found out that he never left his office they said that he barely ever actually talked to any of these people he said it wasn't necessary because he used a pono pono. And I was like, huh? So he said that he wondered why that all these people had come into his perception. And he, he said, you know, because I am perceiving them, then there is something that I need to change inside myself. And so what he would do He asked for all the case files regarding each person to be brought to his office. And every day he would take out a person's file and he would read everything he could about the person's background and all the things that they'd been through in the legal system and all the different diagnoses and all that. He would, he would get to know the person on paper and he would, then he'd close his eyes and he'd think of the concept of the person. And then he would, in his mind, he would say, I'm sorry, I love you, please forgive me, thank you. Okay, and no particular order. Those are the four phrases that are important though. Like, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I love you, thank you. I'm sorry, please forgive me, I love you, thank you. And he said that every time you repeat this, you're actually clearing these dark 
spots, this, this sort of residue that's built up inside of your perception that has allowed these troubled individuals to, to exist. Again, I'm telling you, this is weird. But Ho'oponopono is about addressing what's inside your mind in order to alter the projection that's out there in the so-called external world. And there are people who wear beads called Ho'oponopono beads. And what they do is they it's kind of like what a Catholic does with the, with the rosary beads, but you go through, and every time you touch a bead, it, you say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. And supposedly, again, this is like cleaning the cache on a computer. And once you clear your negative feelings toward an individual, that individual changes, whether you know that person or not. And I have actually tried this out in my own life. I've had business meetings with people that I I believed were going to go terribly because the person was not being reasonable or something like that. And I had every reason in the world to walk into that meeting, not only defensively, but also offensively, to go in attacking that person to try to nip it in the bud. And instead of doing that, I would sit and I would envision the meeting and I would visualize that person. And I would envision that person behaving the way I would want that person to behave. And I would use Ho'oponopono and I'd say, I'm sorry, thank you, I love you please forgive me, okay? Now, the, 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 the reason you say each of those phrases um, is because they create a positive and humbling kind of mindset. So, like, I'm sorry. You might say, well, what am I sorry for? Look, all of us have things to be sorry for in our lives. It's, it's a, a shame just to be a person who is not aware and conscious enough of all the things that we have to be grateful for. Or, you know, if you're if you're floating through life like some kind of robot, you've gotten stuck in a rut and you've lost your vision, well, you should be sorry for that, you know? there We all have things that we should be sorry for. So that humbles you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me, okay? Now, this is you asking to have something positive brought into your life. It's not just saying I've done something wrong that I should have done better but you're 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 also saying forgive me I want a, a flow of something here that's going to rectify this I love you that's you um reciprocating saying I am now going to produce something positive in return for this with that powerful phrase I love you and then finally you know thank you which is you showing gratitude for the whole process and for all the good things that you're learning to make you a better person. So you can envision this however you want to based upon the circumstances. And I highly recommend that you, obviously I recommend that you read my book, Use the Force, A Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction, because I simplify these things a lot. But also I do have to recommend, of course, that you read some books that I haven't written. Read some of uh, Joe Vitale's stuff on Ho'oponopono. I'm not going to try to spell that for you right now. I'll put the name and the title of this podcast. And then um, also uh, one of my favorite books, um, The Magic of Believing. 
That's one that was written in the 1940s, I think, and I've mentioned that before. Uh, George Norrie was the first person who brought that book to my attention. So anyway, hopefully you're grasping this because some people just can't. It's it's a it seems like an abstract concept at first, but it's actually a very practical thing when you dig into it. But you see maybe how this applies to the idea of someone being haunted, because it really applies to your entire experience. And so, if your experience is including you having these encounters with negative or frightening, or sad spirits, then you might be able to release them not by doing something for them, like they're so stupid or or confused or whatever that they don't know where they are and what they're doing. You might start by addressing what it is inside yourself that is bringing these spirits into your awareness and your perception and your reality and clear yourself to stop the activity even more so than anything that you do in the external environment. But in some cases, I believe this stuff, it is what it is. You just can't change it. I mean, like, you can use Pono to change a lot of things in your life, but I still believe if you step off a cliff, you're going to fall. Or if you stand on a loose embankment, you're going to shit yourself. That may be the smartest, wisest thing I've ever said. So I hope you can see how I have combined all of this reason together into how one might address clearing a ghost, clearing a spirit. And uh, I believe that's going to do it for today. So thank you for sticking with me. Uh, as I go through this traveling process and this transition process. I love you for supporting me and being a part of this wonderful world and this wonderful life that I have. I'm sorry that sometimes I may not live up to your expectations or I might offend you. So please forgive me and just keep on listening. And I hope that you will also join me in person for my big event. It'll be here in no time. Finding your magic. How to hack reality. You're getting bits and pieces of some of how I think about this and what I've assembled and how this event will change your life. It is a one-time only event only for 100 people. And I mentioned I have heard from a few people who bought a ticket but can't make it because they either have medical problems or transportation issues. So it may not be too late. If you go to youwillmanifest.com, youwillmanifest.com, if you go there and it does not say sold out in big red letters at the top, that means we still have tickets available. But uh, in 10 days, on April 15th, MGM is releasing the room block for this so you have 10 days if you want to take advantage of the special rates and everything that i've set up you will manifest.com and there's a lot you can learn if you go to joshua p learn about the wishing machine 
You know, maybe what I've been talking about here applies some to the, you know, radionics technology and wishing machine technology. Learn about all that stuff through JoshuaPWarren.com, and you'll see why that people all over the world, thousands of them, have had their lives changed by the wishing machine. Um, but when you go to JoshuaPWarren.com, and remember, there is no period after the P, you'll see a link there to this podcast. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. It's always short. It's always free. You can subscribe through various means, or you can just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, and I will tweet when a new one is available. So that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your interest. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.